Welcome to the Dead Format, episode 51. My name is Ian McEwen, and I'm joined tonight by my co-host, uh, Father's Day father, Tom Smiley, and we're here to talk about legacy. Yeah, I literally have accomplished nothing in my life. Being a father is 100% the most important. But nobody wants to talk about fucking Father's Day, man. The big story? We're just going to lead off with it. Cleveland. Fucking Cleveland. <sighs> Cleveland loses LeBron. Sorry. Let me start over. Cleveland gets LeBron. Cleveland loses LeBron. Cleveland gets LeBron back. <laughs> Cleveland loses LeBron again. Cleveland gets Ian. Yeah, this is, uh, it's it's news. You know, I'm not going to say it's good news. I'm not going to say it's bad news. But it's news for everyone who doesn't know already. People not on our Discord, maybe not on Twitter. Cleveland is the city where we come from. That's, uh, that's July 1st, 2020. I'll be a Cleveland year. If that's the word for it. Wait, 2020? July 1st, 2020. Oh, shit. I thought it was sooner than that. Thought it was next week? No. No, literally, I thought it was like the fall. Like you heard. Oh, no, no, no. And then you were like there. Oh, it's like a year away? Yes, it's a full year. Oh, who gives a shit? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, the the houses. We were looking on Zillow. Uh. 20 20 to 30k range you can you can snag a house so i don't know we might be that's fucking insane okay so for those of you that are like from a different part of the country where ian and i are i'm i'm doing my house shopping now because i'm i'm moving this summer i want to move this summer and for a three bedroom two bath the floor in our area is 400k and like i look in other parts of the country and i understand that just real estate prices are different, but four hundred thousand dollars will get you like a beautiful house. Here, four hundred thousand dollars gets you not a beautiful house. It wouldn't even get my condo, which is, I mean, that's that's the world that we're living in right now. It's fucking crazy, bro. It, it's it's it is crazy, and I'm afraid that once I get out there, that I'll adjust to that. And then you know, like moving back to the East Coast, you know, for, like. You can talk to people in the Midwest, they, they don't think about moving to the East Coast as an option because they're like, how do you afford that, you know? When you're here, it just becomes like a reality of life, like just a fact of life, the cost of living, right? But like, if I go to the Midwest and adjust to that, am I going to be one of those people that's like, oh, fuck the coast, you know? I don't think so. I think the draw the drawback is going to be too strong. Plus like, oh, man. No, you know what? I'm not going to dump on the middle of the country. We love <laughs> we you. love the middle of the country. I personally love St. Louis. And uh the St. Louis Blues. Bro, I don't know how I never mentioned this, but the room that I record this podcast in, there's only one piece of art on the wall. And it's a signed Bobby Orr poster from the St. Louis versus Boston uh Stanley Cup. Is it the dive? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And that's the, the, the one piece of art. You know what? I feel like for like there are iconic pieces of photography that have been made for each Boston sport. And that is 100% the hockey one. The baseball one is probably the Ted Williams with the bat. The basketball one is Bird. Ted Williams with the bat? What the fuck is that? Oh my God. It's just fucking Ted Williams. The number one most iconic. I'm gonna send it no, to you. No, it's gotta, you, be, like, oh, it's gotta be Pedro attacking that old man, right? 
Don Zimmer. No, okay. Don Zimmer Pedro deserved it. Pedro putting a headlock it. on that 75-year-old Don man. Zimmer fucking deserved it. <laughs> Spicy take yeah, right I'm, there. I'm not even going to edit that out, motherfucker. <laughs> motherfucker deserved it. For the Patriots. Pedro, Pedro, by the way, best peak ELO pitcher of all time. Oh, he's period. disgusting, yeah. Pedro, Pedro from like 99 to 2003. Whew. For the Patriots, it's got to be that that gif of uh, Bob Kraft dancing with the the porn star actress, right? That's not okay. It's no, it's got to be the snowball kick. Yeah, the yeah, honestly. field goal and against with, you want to know what's Fork running up? onto the field. Yeah, I when when I was in college, I was a manager at a sporting goods store, and somebody came in that day and was like, "I'm not going to go to the game because of the snow." Does oh. anybody want to buy these? tickets and i didn't fucking buy the tickets to go to that oakland game bro but that's like two weeks of footlocker pay though that's totally was, acceptable <laughs> actually it wasn't will fork who the fuck was was the fat nose tackle on that team that was running onto the field and picked up in a terry i can't even remember man god that was long ago was it richard it wasn't even richard seymour yet was it no it was before seymour jesus christ we're old yo i don't even know that was like 2001 yeah, that was man. Wow. I was twenty. I was tw- oh, I was drinking. Oh, I can't say it. Then you can figure out how old I am. It's not okay. I was drinking then, though. Drinking. All right, so we got magic to talk about. Bro, we, we got for too long. What we, do got, we got we got Keanu Reeves to talk about. I okay. So my kids, my students have been like, "Yo, Mister Smiley, you've seen this game, Keanu?" I have no fucking idea what's going on with this shit. What's going on? I don't even know where to start. You don't know Keanu Reeves? I know Keanu Reeves. I don't. There, there's a video game he's in, right? Oh uh, yeah, he's in a video game. Is I think he's John Wick. In like Cyberpunk, maybe. But yeah, no, I just uh, Keanu Reeves back in the headlines. I don't remember where I was going. I have no idea why. All right, I put so you put notes, you put Keanu Reeves in the cast notes. I, I had I had like a, some story to tell, and I honestly have no fucking idea what it was now. So, all right, we can just move on from this. Well, we no, got, I gotta look this up. We got a big episode. Uh, we do. We got uh, Rodney coming on for the repeat offender list, uh, second guest appearance, talking about Ren and Six in Rug Delver. And we've already recorded that, so we're gonna splice it on at the end. It's a, it's a good, good takes, you know, it's a good interview, but also, uh, a little noisy, so be ready. Yeah, and we, or I just learned that Rodney owns a game store now. Bro, how crazy I, is that? It's insane. I went from this kid being little 13-year-old high school kid coming into the store that I worked at. How old were you? Uh, we can't backtrack <laughs> that because that would let you know when I was working there. And I know that you used to play there, so we can't. I can't give anything away. But now Rodney's got his own store and he's running Legacy and things are great. So Rodney is going to talk about Ren and Six and Rug Delver at the end of this episode. Yeah, it is wild. I used to go to that store once in a while when I lived over that side of town. It was cool. The guy, uh, Blake, that used to run the place, own the place, uh, is cool, dude. He plays Legacy. He's at like the 1Ks at Etsy a lot. And I've actually been seeing him out more playing in events. And that kind of makes sense if Rodney bought his share of the store. Absolutely. 
So that's also, uh, I'm not sure if we mentioned it, but that's a 100% proxy event. So if you don't have any cards and you want to play some Legacy in the area, that's the place to go. You can run, you know, whatever the fuck. Everything goes, so. Yeah, and for the for the people who are, like, trying, or one, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast if you're not, like, kind of into Legacy. Yeah. But if for some reason you've stumbled upon a podcast and you haven't really played Legacy... And you're like a college student in Boston. I know that's like a very specific demographic, but the proxy events that they have at JP Comics are definitely something you should go to. And honestly, you shouldn't be listening to our podcast or going to those proxy legacy events. You should be like getting the most out of your $65,000 a year education in Boston. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe graduate and then go play magic. How about that? For real, though, you, you see this come up. I don't know why it's, it's been coming up a lot lately. There have been like people arguing about it, but I didn't play at all during my college years, and I regret that 0%. And our buddy Charlie, who's actually got home yesterday. I'm going to hang out with him this week. But uh, our buddy Charlie, my advice to him was don't bring your cards out to college when he left. And I, I would highly recommend that to whoever. Yeah, I played a ton in college, and I got to meet some awesome people. But... Man, it, it completely distracted me. And I think maybe it's one of the reasons why I'm so good at math now. Just how many hours I poured into strategy games when I was in college. But man, my life would have been completely different if I didn't play as many games when I was there. Yeah, I mean, what do they call... What, what was uh, Garfield's? Like this, The game was invented as like a a thesis on like combinatorial mathematics. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Well, so combinatorics is like probability and counting theory. Yeah. Yeah. And th- that's all that it is, right? Like when you're talking about like combat math or, you know, what, what your clock is over a certain amount of turns versus the chance that somebody draws certain cards, you know, you're just constantly doing these equations. Like some of them are pretty simple. Sometimes they get so unwieldy that it's not even worth calculating. Like if you're talking about EDH or something. But it's, it's all just math problems, right? It is. And a lot of it boils down to things being so complex that on a large scale, you're just relying on your intuition, which is sort of crazy that that's how I play the game. Yep. A lot of the time, I just sort of stop calculating and just play based off of how I'm feeling, yep. which is 100% not the way that you should do it, but it's the way that I do it. It's the way you have to do it if you're not going to take draws, right? Okay. Okay. I mean, or, like, especially with limited, like you, you just have to rely on your instincts taking over. And sometimes like by not having to explicitly do all the math, you can focus on the other things like reading your opponent, what they might have in their hand, remembering what they had in their deck game one, you know, like you have to be able to sort of have that layer completely in the background, I think, to be like a great player. Okay. I I always feel like I'm not doing enough calculation and actual thinking to be a good player because I I generally play just based off of intuition and feeling the whole time. And that's that's something that maybe I'm just overthinking. I think you are. Yeah. I think that okay. I think you're doing it right. All right. So any more about Keanu Reeves? I did meet him. I, I don't know if that—that's not why I put it on here. 
but you met Keanu Reeves. Yeah, man, he was filming a movie. So the the place where I went to high school, there's a like a Screen Actors Guild chapter, and the town is like very like incentivizes movies to film there. So like Adam Sandler, uh, Keanu Reeves, uh, Mia Farrow. I've met a lot of these like actors that come to that town to film movies. Like uh, Mr. Deeds was filmed there. Uh, Keanu Reeves was there filming the so the something life of Pippa Lee. But uh, I was bartending and he came in. He's like, do you guys have Corona? And I was like, yeah, yeah, we have Corona, man. <laughs> That's my Keanu Reeves story. Wow. Did, yeah. Now, so you served Keanu Reeves a Corona? Yep. That's, I'm proud of you. Yeah, man. It was, it was, uh, it was a moment for sure. That's not why I put this on the list. I can't, I have no fucking idea why it's here, but. You, you want to know a funny story that's similar to the you served Keanu Reeves a Corona? What's that? Story. All right. I elbowed Rick Fox in the head. What the fuck? Do you, one, do you know who Rick Fox is? Is he a black guy? Okay. Yeah. He used to be the captain for the Celtics. Oh, I'm thinking of Jamie Foxx. He was married. Oh, no, I did not. I have not elbowed Jamie Foxx. That would be a tragedy. No, I don't know Rick Foxx. Okay, so Rick Foxx used to be a captain for the Celtics. I ended up playing for the Lakers. I think he won a ring with the Lakers. I could be wrong about that. But he, he used to play for the Celtics and have a basketball camp in the town next to the town that I grew up in because his brother went to that high school. Okay. And I coached at the camp and there was a counselor's game at the end and there was a rebound and I was out on the court with Rick Fox and I was going to grab this rebound and we both went up for the ball. We both grabbed it and both of our hands were on the ball. And I was like, (laughs) I'm going to rip this fucking ball from Rick Fox. (laughs) Now, listen, I'm, I'm in shape at that point. I'm probably six, four two ten. How old are you? uh 18 and how old is rick fox at this point 30 something right, probably six seven six seven two fifty just a solid trunk of an nba captain and i go to rip the ball down as hard as i can <laughs> right and the ball doesn't move an inch oh, the only fuck. thing that happens is my elbow flies up <laughs> and hits rick fox in the side of the head and all the little kids that went to this camp are watching. Oh and my he hit God. the ground. Like I just <laughs> murdered their hero. And at this point, I'm like, I'm not paying attention to anything else. I'm just like, that's my ball. And he's on the ground. And I just like rip it away. And I was like, oh man, I am yeah. never gonna coach he, at this fucking camp again. You took the ball when he was on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he looked at me and I thought that I I thought he was gonna murder me. I was like, oh, it's a good thing all these little kids are here watching. <laughs> so that was, oh my that God. was, yeah, the end of my uh, camp coaching career right there. <laughs> That's a great story, man. Yep. That's a true story, too. Yeah. That's absolutely true story. That's awesome, man. All right. So we got a legacy challenge. Everybody else is like, why, why are we... 17 minutes in right now we haven't fucking talked about magic at all we talked about keanu reeves and corona and cleveland and 
smiley elbowing Rick Fox in the head for some fucking reason. Bro, since we're talking about Cleveland and celebrities, I feel like I have to tell my Bone Thugs and Harmony story, but we don't have time for that right now. No, we uh, do. We can put it, we'll put it on the end of Rodney. Bo, 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 All right. Bo. All right. So my friend Bill, I'm going to leave that last name. My friend Bill, it was a huge Bone Thugs and Harmony fan in high school. And I was like, I, you know, they're all right. You know, I liked them. They're fine. So he would, he would talk about them to me because nobody else cared. And I was like, shut the fuck up, Bill. He ended up going to St. John's. Didn't have a ton of friends there. Played a lot of basketball. But he was active on the message boards. And this is like early day message boards of the internet. So he he tells me, yo, you want to go see Bone Thugs at the Worcester Centrum or whatever? And I'm like, yeah, sure, if you give me a ride. So he drives from Queens to BC to pick me up and bring me to Worcester for this Bone Thugs concert. And when he gets to my dorm room, he's got like a, a quap. He's got a fucking shit ton of weed. And he's recruits my roommates to start rolling blunts. I'm like, what are we doing, dude? There's no way we could ever smoke all this weed. So we roll it. We get to the concert. And he's like telling me he's talking to this guy, Steve, on the message boards, who's the manager of Bone Thugs. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, dude. Like, just, you know, blowing hot air. After the show's over, he's like, yo, Steve says to meet them over there. So we go stand in this weird corner of the venue and this guy comes up. He's like, yo, are you, uh, are you Bill? Bill's like, yeah. He's like, come, come with me. We get on this tour bus. It's just me and Bill and this quap. And then Crazy Bone and the rest of Bone Thugs and Harmony get on the bus. <laughs> and we're just like, yo, what's up, guys? They're like, yo, you the kids with the weed? We're like, yeah. And we just smoked with them for an hour. And it was pretty fucking awesome. And uh, the... The single, like an uh, outcast single, like the the roses really smell like poo poo. That song had just come out that day, and for the whole hour they just played that on repeat. That one song, just they were just dying laughing, singing like the roses really smell like poo poo poo, for a for a complete hour, just just getting stoned with Bone Thugs. So I'm gonna look them up when I get to Cleveland, see if they remember me. I, there's no chance they. I'm glad that we took this tangent. There are there are people there are people listening right now whose lives are better. <laughs> I yeah, uh, we'll see if it makes the cast, but Okay. We had a uh, legacy challenge this weekend. We did. we did. Let's let's talk about this. So, the winner of this challenge, not at all representative of the field, Sneak and Show. Uh Yost with the most Stock, stock build, two Omni, sneak and show deck. But the rest of the rest, of the, I don't even know if we should start with the top eight for this. I, I want to look at the overall trend of it. We had only in this top 32, one Chalice deck. One, so one car in the Great Creator deck. But we had 10 Narset decks. Five Ren and six decks. Four Night of the Reliquary decks, plus four Death and Taxes decks. Like, what the fuck, dude? Is it, is it just people wanting to play what they what they enjoy playing right now and what they think is fun, what got new additions? Or what do you think this is? Do you think this is actually well, Legacy right now? So I think I think it's different. I think when you take a look at Maverick, specifically like the Night of, Relo- Night of the Reliquary and Death and Taxes, I feel like those decks have gotten a little bit better. The Renin 6... And the 
sort of new Delver with Dreadhorde, Dreadhorde Arcanist are a combination of being really powerful and being really new. But 10 Narset, man, Narset seems like it's just taking over. Yeah, and everything else ten, is sort I of mean, forming around it. Yeah, that, that's 10 Narset. And the majority of them were two in the main and then some decks even with one in the side. And there was also that four Narset deck, which was like the Esper Storm deck that we can talk about a little later because we're going to have to really dive into that deck. But yeah, just the amount of Narset, the sheer amount of Narset is like staggering, right? It, it's crazy that in the top 32, there are only 18 Brainstorm decks, yeah. which is super low compared to where Brainstorm has been for a really long time. But I think that's but what people want, right? I mean, 10, like, but 10, 10 of those 18 Brainstorm decks being Narset decks. Yeah. Just that's nuts. It really is. And for them to be in the main deck too, like, like a real part of the strategy, right? That's 10 main deck Narset decks. It's just fucking wild. It is. So let's start at the top and work our way through. All right. Second place, we got Maverick. It's Mahler. Oh yeah, yep. Mahler with Maverick. So if if I'm playing a legacy tournament tomorrow, right? We just had this conversation with Rodney about Rug Delver with Ren and Six. I'm considering that. But Maverick just feels like home. Really? And yeah, it's it's really good right now too. Oh, it's definitely good right now. I'm I'm surprised. I would not think of you playing Maverick. Well, I mean, I want blue yeah. as a safety blanket. Like, you have Brainstorm, and you have True Name, and you have Force of Will. But I feel like a lot of the stuff that Maverick is doing right now is where I want to be. And it's putting up performances that a lot of the time it doesn't put up consistent, multiple high-ranking performances and in a world full of Narset and what's been going on in the last few weeks, Maverick has been really good. Yeah, I've, I've sort of been focused on this, like, non-traditional ways to draw cards, right? Like, when you're when you're deck building. And how many cards does Maverick have on that say draw a card on them? I mean, Sylvan Library, Sword of Fire and Ice. Exactly. So, basically, sometimes you have Sylvan Library. You basically are usually tutoring for Sword of Fire and Ice. Well, Stoneforge so, kind of has a draw card ability. Well, no, right? but what I'm saying is their ways of getting card advantage don't explicitly say the words draw a card. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, you're sidestepping that whole subgame. And having creatures to pressure Narset, just like Narset is much better when it's cast on an empty board. And I know you can say that about any Planeswalker, but... Narset has a really hard time living against any creature-based deck. Yeah, absolutely. And how against this deck, how does you know your your turn three Narset or whatever? How does it survive? It's basically just like dig for a green verdict or whatever, you know. Yeah, it's it's a fog or half fog draw, like half fog impulse. There you go. Which actually, honestly, isn't that terrible, right? But that's only if they don't have a value down. Right. So yeah, you know, it's a it's a good card, but this deck is one of the primary ways to sidestep it. What do you what do you think about Chalice? So we really didn't see Chalice in this event, but in general, do you think that the 
do you think that Maverick might be the best deck against the the polarization of Chalice and Narset? So I feel like it's well balanced. However, I feel like a lot of Maverick decks against the Bomberman style Karn decks or against, obviously they're great against the post style decks, but against the more sort of combo Chalice style aren't the best. Like against Painter, maybe I'm wrong about that. And against Bomberman, Maverick might not be the best choice. I'm yeah, I have no experience, but I... Thalia, yeah, Thalia probably just fucks him over. I don't, I don't think so, man. I think that you're probably right. Like Thalia is definitely a pain in the ass, and it's kind of weird that they don't have like spell bomb or something to take care of it now. But there's, there's no way that I, I think that there's no way that Maverick would be favored against Bomberman. Yeah, I mean, like in my mind, I was like, oh, Bomberman probably just crushes it because you get to play your ballista and kill the thalia and then go off but thalia putting attacks on all the zeros that like dig them to their consistency seems like it might it might actually be able to pull it off and their mana is sort of like it's not great it's it's not terrible but a well-timed wasteland or an early night can really really screw up a bomberman mana base and Gaddic Teague as well, we should mention. Uh, I don't know what they're doing against Gaddic Teague, honestly. Bomberman? Yeah. Gaddic Teague doesn't... It literally doesn't do anything. It stops Karns from coming down. It stops Karns. It doesn't stop any of the combo pieces. I thought it stopped Ballista, too. No, Ballista's a creature. Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking X. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Right? Yeah. All right, back that up. Yep. It's still disruptive, but yeah, is. yeah, yeah. It, it um, it stops Karn, it stops Lattice, but I think that's it. Yep. So All yeah, right. third place is is this Suka? Like, how do you pronounce this? Svaka. Is it's not the uh, like the Russian V or whatever? I don't. What's the Russian V? It's like a U. So, Suka, we've got... This is like an iteration on what we talked about last week, I believe, or possibly before that, which is the Grixis Control four-color pile deck with Ren. This is up to three Mm. Ren and six now. This is crazy. Double blue, double black, green red. Oh, this has him, too. Yeah, in the main two him. So it is double blue, double black. So you're splashing Ren 6 in your blue-black deck. Once again, eschewing basics entirely. Uh, This is a zero basic deck with 21 lands and two wastelands because you have Ren 6, you might as well block some people out, right? But this, what this is, this is just the same list we talked about last week that's probably more tuned, you know? They decided they liked Ren 6 even more than before, which is scary. Yeah, Rodney is very high on this card. And, man, like, this looks eerily similar to the Deathrite Shaman four-color build. <laughs> Dude, it kind of does. I didn't think about that. And it it's a four-color deck 
with some very heavy color restrictions. Yeah. Playing two wasteland yeah. and a third in the sideboard. That's that's crazy. The big thing here is this is a deck primed to get fucked by Blood Moon and Back to Basics, but we've seen a serious uh, retreat of those two cards in the past couple weeks. Yeah, I haven't seen Blood Moon. I haven't seen Back to Basics and Miracles. I've I've seen zero Stoneblade, and yeah. it might be the time for it. Yeah, it's crazy how quickly that stuff changes. And in reaction to things that don't explicitly target them, right? Like, the the comeback of Ren 6, you'd think on the surface... I'm sorry. The introduction of Ren 6, on the surface, you'd think that that would force people to play more basics, right? Because you don't want to get Wasteland locked out of games. So it's, it's crazy how the meta will shift in ways that aren't... First of all, aren't, like, the, the level one or what's obviously apparent. But second of all, can actually just straight up be contrary to what you think it would do. Right. Like the next deck, the blue red Dreadhorde Delver deck. This is what I would more expect people to pick up in response to all right, we have Run In Six and Wasteland, a red blue threat based deck that can run off basics. But we're seeing a lot of this tech. But also a, a boatload of other stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you see no Blood Moons in the sideboard of this deck, which we've actually been seeing one or two is the most common previously. And then or or back to basics, right? But what I do like about this deck is the the vulnerability to the Ren and Six down tick is really minimized because you're not playing like stuff like Terramander anymore, right? Now. They do have a, a Lava Mancer in here, but you've got your Delvers, which hopefully you can flip those or one of them will eat it to a Ren 6. But Arcanist can survive that, right? And True Name can survive that. And Young Pyromancer, you hope to go wider. You know, you can you can play it sort of like an informed Pyromancer, right? So basically, I'm just saying a resilient threat base. Yeah, I think I, think I like Topher's deck better. Topher came in fifth here, so he was not able to advance in the top eight. Yeah, but I mean, he's got a Blood Moon. He does. He's yep. he's got Winter Orbs, and he's got a more consistent creature base. Like, I don't know if I like the one of Lava Mancer. I'm not sure either. I know, I know, it's just a one card difference, but I like how Topher's deck is a little bit more tight. Yeah, and uh. If I was going to play a version of the blue-red deck, I I would be playing this first. Yeah, this deck is really tight. And he's playing a fifth force negation in the main. Or, I'm sorry, the first one, but a, a fifth force in the main, which is the first force of negation, with an additional one in the sideboard. And then for soft counter magic, besides that, all he, all he has is four days on spell pierce. It is a clean list, though. It is super clean. Get him dead. Yep. All right. Six place. Yeah. You want to take this one? No, I don't. <laughs> I mean, it's death attacks, right? The the two Brimaz obviously is a reaction to the Delverdex moving to Bolt 
because they're mainly blue-red. And Brimaz against blue-red decks is really good. But it's really stock, death and taxes, the only thing you would consider, like, mildly different are two Brimaz and the Mishra's Factory. And Everything no, no else Tomic. Is... The, the Brimaz replacing Tomic, really. Yeah, well, we're not seeing depths at all either, man. That's fucking crazy, bro. But, I mean, Death and Taxes isn't like a deck that has ever had to say, oh, man, I really need to worry about my depths matchup. That's true, too. So. I think yeah. Tomic is probably more about lands at this point just because we're not seeing depths. It's probably true. And actually, spoiler alert, I think I'm pretty sure that we saw Curtis in this challenge not playing depths, too. Yeah, I think that that Lance has a really hard time dealing with Dreadhorde Arcanist. And that that probably really snowballs in those matchups. Hmm. Yeah, I hadn't thought that, about that. I mean, like, could that be correct? Yeah, I mean, even if they attack, you know, if you have a maze or whatever, they're still getting triggers off that. They're not shutting it down. They can't and being fire, able to right? deal with that with Punishing Fire is like, right. that's a four, five mana investment. It's yep. not going to happen. That's interesting, man. I hadn't thought about that. Hmm. All right. This eighth place list. Whew. I don't know what to think. Bro, this list is. <sighs> what do you want to call it? I mean, I feel like I feel like it's like Narset Echo combo. Where you want to play your Narset and then immediately LED and Twister. Bro, Narset Echo Combo sounds like that, uh, like, Alpha Bravo Charlie shit. You know what I'm talking about? Like, that alphabet? Yeah, no, I, I 100% understand Charlie. that. Yeah, we're like, we're in Afghanistan. <laughs> no, we're not. Um, but Esper so Mentor Storm? I don't know. Yeah, but it's not really a mentor deck. Like, it has two. Yeah, it but... plays Mentor as, like, the wing condition after you strip mine your opponent. Right. Or mind twist your opponent, but like it it's an entomb deck with no Grizzlebrand. Right. But it is kind of a mentor deck though, right? I mean, like you got all these mana rocks. It's kind of like a post board tin fins deck, right? When they board into mentors. But you still have Grizzlebrand. Would you ever play Entomb without Grizzlebrand? No, but I can see how they got here, right? Right, but like, wouldn't you want to like drop some of your things to be able to play Grizzlebrand in this deck? Because you're setting this whole thing up where you're like, all right, I'm going to get a Narset in play, then I'm going to cast LED, and then crack it and Echo. When instead, you can just like entomb your Grizzlebrand and then put your Grizzlebrand into play, and then just draw those cards anyway, right? Yeah, but you can make your opponent discard up to six cards. Then you can, after you get your Grizzlebrand, you can just reanimate your Sire. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it seems like it's trying to make a reanimator deck jump through more hoops. Well, so but, that, that's kind of why I think that it's a, 
like a Esper Mentor deck though, because you can just like go like you know turn one Thoughtseize and then turn two, maybe accelerate into a Narset. Like you can just sort of play Fair Magic. The only unfair thing that this deck is doing is Echo of Eons, right, and Entombing for it potentially. And casting tendrils, but it's not it's not really like unfairly casting tendrils, right? Because it's it's it. I, I guess it's as unfair as storm, right? <laughs> I mean, the definition of storm as a deck is unfair, right? Yeah, I know. It just seems it. It always just seemed like a mid range combo deck to me. I so when I'm going through these lists all the time. I can always sort of imagine myself playing them. And this deck, I can't. I can't see <laughs> it. I just, I, I do not understand the sacrifice of speed with without gaining a ton of resiliency. You get a little bit of discard, but this deck doesn't seem to, like, really be able to take advantage of explosive draws. Yeah. Because it's not reliant on burst. Like, you want to get to three and have controlled your opponent's hand to where you can play your three and then go off. But that just seems, that seems really slow. I'm not going to bat for the stack, man. Okay. I, I was trying, but you're... I'm, I'm open to be wrong, but that's what I see. And, yeah. You definitely take advantage of people not knowing what's going on. And this deck off a of turn one Thoughtseize is probably amazing, right? But you have to be on the play and Thoughtseizing for that to happen, right? Yeah, I mean, like, every deck in Legacy gets better when you're like, you know what? Right. You just Thoughtseize of turn one, and then you're great. But, I don't know. And, I mean, you can you can do stuff like play out a Lotus Petal and terrify the shit out of them when your hand is really just Narset and cantrips and, you know, you're playing this slow game. So you can confuse the shit out of people when they don't know your list. It's true. It but, is true. Yeah. But when you when you play the Lotus Petal and terrify your opponent, don't you want to follow it up <laughs> with, like, what is terrifying them? You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to play your Lotus Petal and pass the turn and have your opponent be like, oh, I'm so scared, go... And then you fucking play a Narset, and your opponent's like, the fuck? Yeah, bro, this is this is really strange. But I am really happy to see Echo of Eons here, because I think that it's a powerful enough card, and I have not been able to work out a list that I that I would want to play with it. So, Okay, it, it is one of the better Echo decks I've seen, for sure. Is it 61 cards, too? No, it's not, I'm sorry. No. Yeah, it could be 62. <laughs> no, it's 60 cards. We're good. Okay. So, other decks I wanted to highlight from here is 12th place deck, Agate. Did you see this? I did. It was, I mean, it's Jund. It's That's Jund, it. but it's Ren and Six, two Ren and Six Jund. And Angrass Rampage, which is a card we talked a lot about, but I hadn't thought of it specifically in, like, Bloodbraid Elf Jaunt. Fucking awesome, right? Because when you hit Abrupt Decay off of Bloodbraid Elf, sometimes you whiff, right? 
and the Assassin's Trophy does kind of fix that problem, but it's awkward when you're trying to play like a mana denial game too. I think Angrass Rampage is another very valid option because between Planeswalker Creature and Artifact, you're you're like destined to hit, right? Yeah, I I feel like the strength of Jund really relies on a lot of cards I'm not seeing here. Like Sylvan Library, very good. It's uh, really chains. weird. It's really weird not to see four hems, first of all. Yeah, I mean they drop down to three hem. But there's no chains in the sideboard at all. I don't know, man. This isn't too far off of, of the Jun list that I was playing. It's it's missing three total discard spells. It's missing a ton of discard. It's got nine creatures. Yeah. Nine. Yeah. That seems that just seems too low to close a game out. I don't know, man. I, I think I played 11 when I was playing it, but I, I don't feel like I ever had like a closing speed problem. Okay. But, but you know, you really have a combo problem, and that's, that's why I think that they're too low on discard, really. It, there are a lot of lands in this deck, though, huh? Yeah, there are 24. It's fucking a lot. It's a lot. Alright, anyway, what else interested you in this challenge uh not not like a a ton of other decks honestly it was boring as shit right it pretty much was there was only one miracles deck in the whole top 32 i mean one one terminus deck you know what i mean like a explicitly miracles deck yeah there were lots of narset decks that were like like two three four color yeah a lot of grixis stuff going on but yeah, sort of, sort of a waning of just blue white. Really, how many tundra decks are there overall? So there was the one miracle stack. Jesus Christ, dude! Was that it? Yeah. There's the deck that we talked about with the mentor as a tundra in it. Bro, this is fucking wild. And I mean, Topher's playing blue red. You know. Yeah, he's been on Blue Red for a little while, though. We need to have him on, man. Bro, I tried to get him on today. He's he's fucking working nights all the time. <sighs> well, we'll have to record during the day because that man, that man is a national hero. Bro, after the Marcus episode, I don't know if I'm ever recording during the day again. Yo, Marcus, can we give a fucking shout out <laughs> to Marcus getting on the Pro Tour? That's That's fucking awesome. And it's in Richmond, too. So he's coming stateside. The best he's gonna, part what's was that? he tweeted out, like, won the MC, won the MCQ. No, it was like won with, the fucking with MCQ. Taking turns, <laughs> and then it was like, won the Legacy double up with High Tide like 20 minutes later. <laughs> On brand. Yeah, wholesome. But we gotta, we gotta point out at this point, I think it's just obvious to any listeners, you should probably know this. There's like a sort of like a bonus effect when you come on our podcast, right? So we had, we had fucking, all right, let's go through all our guests. We got, we got Lawrence who has been a great player, but never really had like a a big result, right? And then he put up like a, 
a top 16 to top 32 at the next Legacy Grand Prix he's ended. True. Kevin Jones. Kevin Jones, who put up a like a, a ninth place, I want to say, at, at the, uh, the Grand Prix as well. And also qualified for the Pro Tour via the PTQ I played him in in uh, Providence. James. James Hugh. Cardboard Live, uh, taken off, got deals with Star City Games and Channel Fireball since then. Wrote another book. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Published another book. Rodney. Bought a game store. Owns a game store. Jerry. Julian. Jer- well, Julian. Julie. I don't know what Julian did. He won. He won a challenge. He won. Oh, he, he did win the challenge for sure. Who else are our guests? Rich Jerry, Shea. Jerry. Rich Shea, just magical. He's he is the Rich Shea. He doesn't have to do anything to like be accomplished. He's rich. Yeah, he's he gets to stay at Gen Con for two weeks right now, or Origins rather. It's true. Who else? Jerry, motherfucker. <sighs> <sighs> Qualified for Barcelona. After coming on our show. Is that it, man? I'm sorry for the guests that I'm inevitably forgetting right now. We There must be somewhere missing. Hold There's got to be somebody, but fuck it. Let's just go with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. We have... We have like a... Prophy- uh, prophylactic? Pro- I was about <laughs> to say prophylactic effect. Probiotic the careers. is what you're looking for. Uh yeah, we have symbiotic. It's not symbiotic because you get way more than we do out of the deal. It's like uh, uh apple cider vinegar. You know, we we keep the gut biome uh in check maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Adam Wallace. Oh, Adam, Adam Wallace. Wallace. Yep. There we Still go. Still lives in Maine. Still lives in Maine. Bro, we we are the kingmakers. That's what it is. This is fucking crazy. The only thing we haven't been able to like king make is invisible stalker. <laughs> I, I remember I was so hyped when you uh, when you said stalker was doing well, but that wasn't what you were talking about. No, it was definitely not. So, speaking of invisible stalker, though, there's this card I've been playing a lot of Modern Horizons uh, limited draft specifically, not not sealed. And I don't love the format, honestly. I, I don't ever a lot of people love this format. I've been talking about how great it is and stuff. I lost like my first six matches or something of it. Like I really wasn't doing well. Then I I've been eight and one through my last nine matches, and I still don't like it. I'm just doing better. But there's a card that we didn't talk about that I've been playing with a lot and like thinking about a lot that actually showed up in the Legacy League dump. And it's called Changeling Outcast. You know who this guy is? That's the one that's the one cost changeling, the flyer. No, it's a black unblockable. Oh, okay. It's kind of like enough. a shadow changeling. It's a single black for a one one changeling that can't be blocked and is unblockable. So it's basically just shadow, right? For a one one changeling. And we saw it incorporated in a ninja's build, which is which is what it does in the format. It, it plays like this role that's like transitional between ninjas and slivers. 
it's like a, an uncommon that fits in both of those, or sorry, a common that fits in both of those decks, right? So it's useful in the limited format, but if you're already in black, you know, we talked about like that, that one, one, um, automaton. I think that might be what you were talking about a second ago. Yeah. This is just like, if you're in black, it's just strictly better than that one, right? And if you're, if you're in ninjas, it just sneaks through every fucking time. That's absolutely true. It's really sweet that I was thinking about that this week and then it shows up. I, I think that it was, uh, somebody been playing ninjas a lot once Eureka was printed, which is, uh, Yozo. Yes. Do you want to read this list? All right. So wait, hold up. MW94GA. Holding it down for Tundras. Good, good looking out. Wait, they're not only playing Changeling Outcast, they're playing Fairy Seer too? Yep. All That's in. crazy. All in on the one. Yo, games. this person, Yozo, just like cracked cases of <laughs> Modern Horizons Online, just like threw all the shit in there. Yeah, I mean, there's so a Miss Syndicate Naga in this deck. That's the card that we're like, there's no way this card is seeing play. I'm pretty sure, yep. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, the Miss Syndicate Naga, I question that one, for sure. But but it's also got two main deck Plague, Engin- Plague Engineer? Yeah, I question that too, for sure. <laughs> I don't, right, I don't but, know what that's doing here. Trying to trying to spike those cards. I, I guess, man. I get, maybe they were just seeing how many cards they could get in this deck. Because there's four Prismatic Vista, if you notice. Yep. So they might have just had a bet, maybe. Maybe. Could be now, a language listen, that we're not aware of on Twitter. Listen, the Sliver Master, Daniel, Daniel Noons, yep. is playing two Unsettled Mariner and Slivers. Oh, fuck. You saw that. Motherfucker right there. God. I'm just saying... I'm just saying. Yeah, there it is. So it's interesting, right? Remember we talked about the the wing sliver, is it, if that's what it's called. Yeah, the cloud treader. Well, yes, but like if you could play it because you'd have like a blue count problem. Right, right, right. He made up for that by playing the white blue exactly new guy. Yeah, which I so thought was super the, interesting. The one, the one casting cost casting cost sliver flyer is still there, but it's split. The, the next card split between Unsettled Mariner and Cloud Shredder. Yeah. And the fact that this deck dropped to two Muscle Sliver kind of blows my mind a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like, dude. That's weird. Yeah. And that's kind of where, where the Mariner comes comes in, right? Yeah. I mean, I I think that having that Daze trigger might be better than the 1-1 if you're living in a all-point removal world. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, that's kind of where we are. I mean, there's one Terminus in the challenge, right? Yep. I didn't see that's any it. Toxic Deluge. I didn't see any Dead of Winter. <sighs> Fucking crazy, bro. Like, what What even is Legacy? We don't know, man. We, we definitely don't know. We're the wrong people to ask. How are we... How did we go from, like, completely being on top of the format... <laughs> to having having to resort to talking about our personal stories with bone thugs to Bro, get listeners. That's why we just need to be the hick cast. That's what I'm saying. Like <sighs> we could still have the same guest, bro. We could have Topher and Adam come on and 
even like maybe Wilson or something. And I'd we, have to go fishing. Yeah, we got to teach you how to go fishing. We got we could teach you how to tie a knot, stuff like that. And, yeah, I can uh, tie a knot. No, I, I mean like more than your shoes, like real knots. And we could just be the hit cast, bro. I'll teach you how to dip. Teach you about Copenhagen skull. You know, show you the ropes. All right, all right. We we'll just we'll end it. We'll end the episode. We'll end the episode yeah. with little Hank Williams Jr. and we'll be all set. Okay, okay, we're going to cut into Hank. We're going to move ourselves over to Rodney, talking about Ren and Six and Rug. And uh, if anybody wants to get in touch with you and be like, yes, listen, Tom shot down your idea of a finance cast, but please, please, for your year anniversary next week, for your 52nd episode, do a Hick show. Where can they do that? You can find me on Bum Fights at Ian18125. Now, are you promoting or participating in those fights? Oh, did I say Bum Fights? I meant Twitter. It's a, dude, Twitter is Bum Fights, right? Is it? Yeah, bro. It's just like, you know, remember Bum Fights? Somebody would like throw a candy bar and make two bums fight over it. That's like Twitter every fucking day, bro. Like every time I log on, I'm just like, what's going on in Bum Fights? So I feel like I I had heard of the existence of bum fights. I don't think I ever watched a bum fight. I felt like that was kind of degrading and gross. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I ever watched one either. I think I've just seen like highlights, but it's like some Johnny Knoxville motherfucker getting two bums to fight. Okay. Did you ever watch uh, Arrested Development? I did. It's like kid fights. Kid fights too. Baby Buster. Okay. Okay. All right. If people want to find you on Twitter, how do they do that? At T Smiley MTG. And um, you can find the cast at Dead Format Cast. Dead Format Cast at gmail.com. Did we get any emails this week? We did. We got one. And I looked at it and it was like one for the Dead Format Cast. And it was fucking. It was the Fantasy Draft League <laughs> for, the, for the upcoming the upcoming MC. So like send us emails, man. We're lonely. Yep. Yeah. Oh, bro. We, we forgot to, we should say this. I'm going to eternal weekend. Really? You already booked. Yeah. We booked, we just booked here like this afternoon. Good for you. I had, I, don't know if I, I had no intention of going, but Jim's wedding is Jim, not dredge for anybody who knows him is, uh, October 31st that, that Thursday night, Halloween night. And there's like six of us magic players that are going to be there. And we're like, fuck it. Let's just wake up, rent a van, and go to Eternal Weekend. Is that a wrap? That's a wrap. But for everybody who's just starting to listen, we have our friend oh, yes. Rodney back on, who you might have remembered hello, from the host episode, who just finished running Legacy at, do you want to plug your store? Oh, yes. I was running Legacy at JP Comics and Games in Jamaica Plain in Boston. Um, it's currently a small store. Um, we just had full proxy Legacy night. We had eight people. 
But yes, every Monday we run Legacy. It's full proxy, so anyone can come play. You don't have to own the $400 Underground C. Just come play games of Magic. It's great. I've been, like, I started playing here four years ago, and this Monday Night Proxy Legacy was my favorite local event in the Boston area. So it fires every week? Uh, it, we get at least six every week. Nice. So, so uh, basically, if people make the trek out there, they'll be able to play, even if it's not like eight people, right? Yeah, like I can run a casual event at six. So like, yeah, yeah, awesome. Because that's important. You know, you don't just drive somewhere and on a weekday and just like waste okay. your time. At least there's people who want to play. Um, yeah, so I just got finished running that. Um, I. My round one opponent, I let them choose if I played Canadian Threshold or Burn. And last week, we played some games for fun, and I destroyed him with Canadian Threshold. So he told me to play Burn, and I O3'd. Nice. You know what? Sometimes that's what it <clears throat> that's what it takes to run a store. Yeah. Right? Like, you can't just crush everybody, because they yeah. know you're going to be there, so you can't just show up and beat everybody. Sometimes yeah. you have to play Burn. Yeah. Um, okay, so Renin Six and Rug. Or should should I go over this deck first? Like yeah, like talk oh, talk oh. about what spots you cut to fit well, Renin like, Six before that. Like what? Because I know um, Canadian Threshold or MTG Goldfish calls it Rug Delver. Um, it hasn't been a super popular deck recently, so some people might not know it. I don't know. Um, this is called a Delver deck because it does in fact run Delver of Secrets. It plays Wasteland, Lightning Bolt, Ponder, Brainstorm, regular Delver cards. Uh, it also plays Four Stifle, which is a un- it's an uncommon choice for Delver decks. I, I think there was like st- the Stifle Bob deck that happened last year, I think, right? That Laura was yeah, at, Lawrence- at least three or four months ago, probably more. CBR maybe? Yeah, a while ago. Um, but the Delver decks currently all seem to be gravitating towards Dreadhorde Arcanist and Pyromancer. Um, and Canadian Threshold, uh, being a Stifle deck, Stifle is super important to the core of the deck. Uh, I don't think the deck wants to play Dreadhorde Arcanist or your Pyromancer because of the power of Nimble Mongoose. Um, Nimble Mongoose is amazing. It has Shroud. It is a one-mana tree named Nemesis. It just it sh- it changes matchups. So like the miracles deck against blue red delver, like blue red delver has maybe 15 creatures and miracles just swords to plowshares all of them. And the way to for the blue red to gain advantage in that matchup is like to play Narset, I think. Or other non-creature hard-to-answer permanents, right? Yeah, it's your name and Narset, basically. Um, so Canadian just has four Nimble Mongoose, which are impossible to get rid of. Like, I When I'm playing against Miracles, I just snap Let Terminus Resolve because it increases the density of threats in my deck. Like, I just fetch, I just fetch and I have the Mongoose again in my deck somewhere, and I'll find it. Um, so I, in those sort of controlling matchups, I'm able to sideboard out Delver, and literally the only creatures in my deck will be Nimble Mongoose, 
and that's not something any other Delver deck can do, I don't think. Wait, so you're, you're not playing Charmoglyphs or uh, uh, Hooting Mandrills? So I, play, I play two Hooting Mandrills. Um, John okay. Alexander, who is great, he's written a ton about this deck. Um, a lot of what he's written about the deck is from 2016, but it's still good. Um, yeah. That actually, like, I read his blog at uh, theweeklywars.wordpress.com, I think. Um, sorry, I keep saying um, this is bad. Um, but so he wrote a ton. He really is the first person I saw who really advocated for the use of Winter Orb. Uh, which is, I love it. I love the card. I will never play less than three. Um, what edition Winter Orbs do you have? Hmm? What edition Winter Orbs do you play? Uh, I have, I think it's, it's either, it's fourth or fifth edition. FBB though, or White Border? No, no FBB. I do not play foreign cards. Really? Okay. So I have my store. so Tom probably knows this, my Storm deck is white-bordered, fully, 100%. With so disgustingly awful. Yeah, yeah. white-bordered with the Guru Island and Guru Swamp that I bought in 2017 for $100 and for $200. Were they white-bordered when you bought them, or you did it yourself? No, I, I, I bought them, and then I destroyed them. Like, I bought them in damaged condition, and then I made them more damaged condition. Nice. But that's fine. What do you use, yeah. one of those high-grit racer, erasers? Uh, it was a sand. It was a typewriter eraser with sand in it. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, so I do intend to eventually own a white border copy of Canadian Threshold, and fifth edition Winter Orbs just fit that deck better than Eternal Masters or FBB. Oh yeah, yeah. And I don't have to buy Beta. Because those that cards probably like two or three hundred dollars. So uh, easy, yeah. If if people want to hit you up on Twitter or Facebook and just tell you how wrong you are for liking <laughs> white bordered cards and <clears throat> to use a fifth edition Winter Orb over a revised one, where can they do that? Because I don't want to oh. have to deal with this shit. I don't want to <laughs> have people. Being like, listen, this is not okay. It's an yeah. abomination to cards. Uh, so yeah, to complain to me about white, white border cards or talk to me about this deck and why it's good or why you think it's bad. Um, if someone can explain to me why no one has played, why this deck has not seen more play in the past, like since Deathrite was banned, um, I can be found on Facebook as Rodney Bedell. I made a Twitter like six months ago and haven't used it, but that name is probably Rodney Bedell and I'll try and be more active on that. Um, I, I am following you on Twitter. You have not tweeted yet, but okay. your Twitter is at Bedell Rodney. Great. Okay. Um, so Renin 6 in this deck is a new development. It's probably the most the most exciting development for this deck since the printing of Delver of Secrets. That's a is, bold. That's a bold statement. I mean, you look at the cards in the deck, and it's like Nimble Mongoose and Tarmogoyf, which were the original threats in 2012. 
or 2010, whatever. Did they play Werebear for some some amount of time? Yeah, they played Werebear before Tarmogoyf was printed. Maybe even after Tar- I don't. Maybe even after Tarmogoyf was printed. Like you, maybe it was Nimble Mongoose and Werebear and Tarmogoyf. Nice. Um, you have like the printing of you have Stifle, which has been around forever. Force of Will forever. Ponder and Brainstorm, which are in every Legacy deck, and Lorwyn came out in like 2007. So, really, the most recent card in a stock main deck will be maybe Hooting Mandrills, but True then name it's Nemesis. Still... True Name Nemesis. Oh, yes. Uh, True Name Nemesis is bad in this deck. Oh, don't tell Ooh. me that. You're talking to the two wrong people to say that no, True Name is I... bad. True Name is great. Okay, True Name is unkillable. It's great. Um, it is bad in this deck because this deck only ever wants to have like two or three lands in play. And you cannot, with that many lands in play, you cannot cast a True Name Nemesis and hold up two piece, two counter spells. And that, like, Playing with this deck is slightly different from other decks, I think. Other Delver decks, I think. I haven't played too much with other Delver decks, but I basically always leave one or two lands up to interact. I, if my hand is, if my hand has a Stifle and and a Delver, I will go land past turn. Yep. Um. So I, yeah, I think. Canadian Threshold, despite having the card Delver, is very different from a Delver deck. Um, I, because other Delver decks have to protect their Delvers. Like, if you have a Delver and your opponent swords the plowshare, is it? Do you counter it? Yeah, I mean that completely depends on the context of what your hand is and what the situation is. In the Rug deck, I mean, yeah. if that's your only threat, I would think a lot of the time you would protect it. Okay, but in this deck, that just would never happen because I would never cast Elver of Secrets. I understand. Yeah, so the Rug deck is much better with Stifles in the deck. It is much more able to delay the progression of the mid-game into the late-game against control decks. And, like, if you just... If the control player has three lands in their hand... And you have a stifle and a wasteland, so they have one land until like turn five. Then you have the land, like you just play two lands, and they have one land, and you win because they're mana screwed. And that's what this deck tries to do. It tries to mana screw your opponent, and then eventually win with either a Delver or a Nibble Mongers. So, how does Renin Six? change that obviously being able to recur wasteland is probably its number one ability yes but yes. talk about how its other abilities sort of complement the deck and make it better so yes obviously its number one mode is probably turn three maybe turn two play it get back no not turn two because you would not have a wasteland in your graveyard and cast it turn two so like, turn three, get back a Wasteland, and start Wastelanding your opponent is one thing you can do with it. Um, turn, you can play it, if I've hit all my land drops, I can play it on turn three, get back my fetch land, have a fetch land in play so I can interact with my opponent. 
and then I can just proceed to make every land drop for the rest of the game and put extra cards in my hand so my brainstorms are insane and play a fetch land every turn so my ponder is insane. And then I also, like, with a Ren 6 in play, it's very easy to get to just five lands so you can pay five mana for your Force of Will, which is something that comes up for sure. So how many Ren 6 are you playing in the main? Uh, this weekend I played two. Um, I, I think if I can if it can fit into my rental budget, then I want to try a third. It's just, like, really good. Um, killing wow. one is also super relevant. Like, if you're on the play, obviously it kills a Mother of Runes or a Noble or literally anything, and it's great. But against, like, against any Baleful Strix deck, I used yeah. to have to, like... Bring, I, I, against Crixus Control, I used to have to bring in two Ancient Grudges just to kill Belfal Strix, and that felt awful. Yep. And this is a card that kills Belfal Strix and is also just great against Control. So that's huge. Um, so the, the newer builds of Delver, I've seen yeah. a few Rug Ren, Ren builds... And the other one is kind of like more widely adopted, the blue red or Grixis Dreadhorde Arcanist build of Delver. Mm-hmm. So how mm-hmm. does how does Rug with Ren match up and compare to the sort of more popular newer Delver deck that's playing Dreadhorde Arcanist? Uh, com- compare like in a matchup against it, or yeah, just... like like if you if you want to talk about your specific like, matchups that you think are better and oh, how okay. in the mirror match does it does it does it fight so the uh, this is kind of tough because i don't actually know the matchup spread for classic blue red delver um do you like do you know do you happen to know what its matchups are like or how it's specifically i guess it's miracles and it's storm match i know it's storm so, match blue red yes. is bad so I know I know the the old blue red delver matchup. I don't know the Arcanist build, and I don't know the differences that it makes. Um, having Arcanist and running extra creatures. Listening, I was listening to Honorog earlier today, um, and he said he kept getting crushed by it. So maybe that just means the blue red more threat dense deck is better against miracles. Um, I just am mentioning the Miracles and the Storm matchups because those are the two other decks that I've probably played the most, and those are sort of the two extremes of the format. Um, maybe not Storm, maybe it's like Reanimator or Chalice. Yeah, I would say Chalice. Yeah. But when I'm like building a sideboard map, I just think about those two opposite decks because the sideboarding is pretty different. Um, I know the Storm matchup... Um, from the threshold side is pretty good because you can just stunt their mana. Um, I think, well, it's, Canadian has a better Storm matchup than old Blue-Red, and it probably has a better matchup against Storm than new Blue-Red, just because Dreadhorde Arcanist is a two-mana card. That, like, you play a Dreadhorde Arcanist, and then you spend two mana and they kill you. 
I, w- I would definitely agree with that. And you have a higher main deck density of counters because your stifles, they have to duress those. I, I, always, I always forget also that, like, Delver decks play, what, four Force of Will, four Days, and two Spell Pierce, and that's it for counter spells main deck? With Arcanist especially, yeah, sometimes you're yeah. even down to one. Yeah. So, definitely, you have a better matchup against anything where you need cat like sneak and show is very good storm i think is good um, blood moon chalice matchup is probably worse because you don't have a braid but better yeah. when you're on the play because you have two spell snare and two spell pierce that can counter chalice of the void but also no two drops and no basics Yes, no basic lands. Um, the Delver Mirror, I, I like. I always love a good Delver Mirror. I don't know if there, how many people in the format dislike a good Delver Mirror. Uh, I do. I think I am favored in the Mirror, just because my creature has. So the way the way that the Mirror plays out is uh, usually I. Very frequently, uh, whether or not I have Stifle, um, the first, like, five turns of the game is just land go, land go, maybe destroy a land, maybe Stifle a land, maybe play a creature, it gets removed. But usually, by, like, turn six of a Delver Mirror, there will be, like, two lands in play on each side, and three cards in hand, and just eight cards in each player's graveyard. And I think that the deck that has Nimble Mongoose with Shroud and Hooting Mandrills, the 4-4, is better than having a 1-3. Yeah, Hooting Mandrills is huge in that mirror, in my, in my experience. I've given um, a, lot of, a lot of shit to that card, but I'm probably completely wrong about it. So, it does line up poorly in some things, like... Hooting Mandrills against Gurmag Angler, like, obviously, five is bigger than four. And Gurmag yeah. Angler is a big problem for the, this deck, don't get me wrong. Like, that is probably the creature that I force of will more than any other. But Hooting Mandrills, like, it can attack through a true name nemesis. Yeah. Or Mother of Ruins, both of which are pretty unintuitive. And Tram- Trample is great. There were like eight uh, Mother of Rune decks in the the top thirty two of the challenge this week too, so it's it's pretty common right now. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely, Threshold has a fine matchup against Mother of Runes um, if you have like seven or eight pieces of removal in your deck. And Renin Six sort of doubles. Renin Six is an additional removal, so your seven or eight pieces of removal becomes nine or ten pieces, which is great. So uh, how how does your deck line up against Narset decks? Because really, online right now, we are seeing a lot of Narset, absolute right. shitload of Narset. So Narset is a non-creature blue permanent card. So post-board... Or pre-board, I have four Force of Will, four Days, and two Spell Peers. That's ten counter spells that can target a Narset. And also four Stifled and four Wasteland to 
counter my opponent's third lane drop. Or counter counter or destroy my opponent's third lane, so they just can never cast an set. And post-board, I bring in, like, two or three Pyroblasts. I think most people have been playing three Pyroblasts. So I don't expect that a Narset should ever resolve. And, and then you also have Lightning Bolts, even if uh, it comes to that. So. Yeah, yeah. If it com- um, well, actually, I think Lightning Bolt comes out in most of the Narset matchups. But there's, like, you can attack a Narset. It's fine. Yeah, I was thinking uh, particularly against Blue Red Delver, but I guess this is like all Narset matchups. Yeah, it comes out against Miracles for sure. I don't think Delver can afford to bring in Narset in the mirror. Okay. Yeah. Um, my understanding of Delver mirrors is just creatures. Like, those are the only things that matter. I board out my spell pierces and board in my removal. And I want the hands I want to see are the ones with like four lands and three creatures. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So the so they're just not not have uh, Narset or really Blood Moon. Like I don't think I'm concerned about Blood Moon in any deck that isn't the turn one Blood Moon deck. Yeah, and online we've been seeing a ton of Narset. Not a, not a lot of Blood Moon. Quite okay. a bit but, of. Like Maverick ish and Blue Red Delver, but yeah. if there's a lack of Blood Moon and quite a bit of combo, and you feel like the Narset matchup is good, I think the Red Delver deck could be a very good choice. It is. No, for it people is. Playing online. I, I believe it is good in the Delver mirror. It's definitely better than Blue Red against any combo deck. It is. I. It's definitely better than any Delver like. The Nimble Mongoose deck is the best Delver deck against Miracles, 100%. Um, that matchup in particular is really weird because you have Winter Orb, and I don't think any other deck in the format has Winter Orb. Um, so yeah, probably not. Yeah, so against Miracles, I you side in three to four Winter Orbs, and you just slam a Winter Orb, and the game is o- like the game is over. Miracles can't really do anything for the rest of the game. And I... Yeah. yeah. So it, it it doesn't matter if you have a creature or if they have a rest in peace or whatever for your Nimble Mongoose. If you have a Winter Orb, you just attack them and they die 30 turns later and that's fine. Are you boarding out your Delvers against Miracles? Shout yes. out curiosity. Okay. Uh, against Miracles, my list of threats is four nimble mongoose, two ren and six, three to four winter orbs. And maybe two cinder vines. Nice. Yeah, cinder vines actually really good. Forgot about that one. Yeah, I that card's been really nice against Storm, obviously. Uh, it was good against Grixis Control previously. Yeah. Because it, it dealt damage and also removed Baleful Strix. But yeah, Cindervines is great against Storm, great against Miracles, and serviceable against, like, Chalice of the Void. Yeah. Um, I, so, I don't think I have lost a match against Miracles in a long, long time. The, the, I, I don't, I don't want to say I have, like, an 80 or 100% Miracles matchup, but I just, 
I think it's very, very, very good. And yeah, I can believe it. Yeah. And Miracles is definitely... like I feel like Miracles is the sort of deck that you see a lot of in paper just because people want to play what like people will say, feel like they will say they're a control player and so they they go to legacy and they want to play the control deck and miracles is the control deck and it's also like a really good budget deck with just one tundra now yeah absolutely okay so it's it's just great i don't know what else to say it it wasteland it wastelands your opponent's better, so it reduces your opponent's game plan. It unwastelands you. It kills things. It and it is a win condition that is difficult for control decks to interact with. Like giving giving all your spells retrace is pretty good. Have have you got to ultimate it yet? Um I I have. I got to triple bolt an opponent out of the game after ultimating it. Um I know a couple other times I tried to go up to eight counters so that I could still have it in play after an ultimate, and when I got it up to eight counters, my opponent, like, attacked it. I think my opponent played, like, a Vindalian click and just attacked it, which was which sucked. But the but ultimate then is... you just get to, like, uptick on the click and continue yeah. to crank out your card advantage? Yeah. But I could have had Neville, and the game could have been over. Probably. That's true. I guess hot hot take... Sometimes it's correct just to, just to ultimate your planeswalkers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, one interaction that I'm pretty sure is how it works, and I'm not. I don't think it's intuitive. You can retrace a daze by picking up a land and then discarding that land to retrace it. Wait, wait, hold on. What the fuck? So you can with retrace, you can pay alternate costs. Yes, you definitely can pay alternate costs. So you you announce that you are going to cast the retrace days from your graveyard by returning an island to your hand, and then that island you can discard to pay the retrace cost? Yes. Hold on, yes. I gotta Google this shit. I can actually see that. I How just looked it up too myself. Does days work with retrace? <laughs> I could see that working online, so I feel like it does work. Okay, yeah. I know I looked up uh, Ren in Six Days in the first hit with the Reddit thread. How does it work? Um, but yes, Ren in Six is exactly what the deck wanted. I People have played Life from the Loam and Barbarian Ring, and I've played Haunted of Infinite Rage. And I, you get to throw all of those cards in the trash now because Red and Six. What is what is Honda of Infinite Rage? Uh, it is a three mana enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, deal one damage anywhere you like for each shrine you control. So it's like a vortex alternate thing. So it's like half a sulfuric vortex that can also just machine gun things. Yep. Yep. And Ren and Six just does that for two mana and also gets to wasteland my opponent and also gets to win the game. Nice. 
Yeah. So the other card, I guess, that we should talk about is Force of Negation. Have you have you messed with that at all? Uh, I have played one. Um, I've countered some things. I really like paying three mana for Force of Negation. Yeah. I think that's its best mode, which is kind of surprising. Like, it's just fine. Straight up, straight up yeah. dissipate. Yeah, yeah, dissipate's great. Um, it's like, yes, obviously, when you need to counter a thing, it is there to counter it. But I feel like, in specifically my deck, your you have spell pierces and pyroblasts for the non-creatures, and you really, I really have to save and force of wills for things like Grimag Angler or Knight of the Reliquary. And force of negation just doesn't do that. Right. So I don't think I will be playing it in the future. I think I will be, like, if I want more counter spells, I would just play more one-mana counter spells that also only cost one card instead of two cards. Yeah, I was really, really big on Spell Snare when I was playing Rugged Elver about a few months ago. Yep. I think it's the, the great, like, the perfect card for that deck. Yep. Hard counter, Infernal Tutor, go away. Snapcasting Mage, go away. Baleful Strix, go away. Yeah, Strix and Snap are the big ones, yeah. And Chalice, too. Yeah, yeah, and Chalice is great. Like, I. Before. Before Modern Horizon Spoilers, I was messing around with, like, my sideboard just had more one-mana hard counter spells. Like, instead of Fluster Storm, I would play Invasive Surgery yeah. and Ceremonious Rejection. There's been a real falling off uh, this week of the Karn decks. How yeah. did you play against a lot of those online in the 25 matches you played? Or? I, I think I played against one Bomberman deck, which I lost to. I think the matchup is very bad. And I played against one... I played one match against what looked like Goblin Welder Karn Painter. Yep. Uh, that match I had to concede because I was being the eighth person in my local modern event. So unfortunately, <laughs> 68% might potentially be a 69%. Who knows? I will never know. Modern claims another victim. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just haven't seen that many cards at all. I The card was $15, is now $9. So, so while time, you're here, what's your... Cards. What's your opinion on Modern Horizons value-wise? Like, I, I ordered, I pre-ordered my Prismatic Vistas at uh, 16 and Force of Negation at 21. Do you think that's a good idea or a bad idea? It's fine. Like, I think, I don't think either of those cards is going to hit 50. I also don't think either of those cards is going to hit 5. Right. And, like, within that, what is it, order of magnitude, mm -hmm. um, I don't, like, I think it doesn't really matter how much you pay for a card if you're going to use it for a tournament. Like, that equity is worth more than the 20% on a $20 card. Tell my wife that. <laughs> <laughs> so no, you're saying no, I have to sleep up miracles <laughs> to justify these uh, prismatic vistas. 
What, yeah. What's the like, card in Modern Horizons that you've seen the most demand for? Like, the most people asking you, Rodney, get me this. I... Grand and Six. Okay. Nice. No, that's, yeah, that's probably I, the hottest card in the set. I do... There, there is demand for Force of Negation and Vista, for sure, and I have been asked for those cards, but those cards are rares, and Renin 6 is a mythic rare, and I just think that makes a world of difference. What's going on with Urza? Why is Urza $40? Is that Commander? He's great. I I've, I saw, like, if you have any number of artifacts in your deck, Urza just, like, wins you the game. So I've seen I've seen that card in Vintage Paradoxical Outcome. Okay. Because it just combos with your entire deck. Yep. Um, it's a Mythic Rare. It's a Commander Great card. It is the card Urza. Yeah, it kind of blew my mind when I was drafting in paper this week, and I like looked at the prices real quick before the draft started, and it was forty dollars. Like I I thought it was going to be about ten. No, I mean. It's a combo card. It is a, it is a card begging to be broken. That was my initial take on it, too. Is there a standard deck with this card? That's the only thing that I can think of to drive well, modern. Modern? Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think... No, there is, like... I don't think there is a modern deck, per se, but there is Mox Opal. There is Mishra's Bob. There are all of the cards in modern that there has to be something like there has to be something there. Like yeah, some are, lanterny or uh, Thopter, Thopter sword thing. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Thopter sword is, uh, is put your deck into play. I'm pretty sure. So that's obviously something. But just in, like, whatever people are playing now instead of KCI, I think Urza is very good in whatever that pile of cards is. Did that get banned? I can't even remember now. Spurge Plan Ironworks got banned. The card. And, yes. Okay. And then Piotr Bogowski, Canister, 5-0 uh, to League with Semblance Anvil to reduce the cost of all of your mirrors. Uh, retrievers down to zero, nice. so that he was same thing, same exact thing, except without the KCI. <sighs> and like, there's still a deck here, and I think Urza is super, super good in that deck. Is there a Tezzeret deck in modern? Probably not, right? A what deck? Tezzeret. Um, like Agent of Bolus, the blue bl- or the blue black yeah. one, or the mo- yeah, the blue black one. I haven't seen one in a long, long time. Okay. I've seen some, like, there's like aggro builds try to double splash for it. Okay. I do. I have done that. I think I did that at a Grand Prix that I cashed with Affinity. Nice. Ezra's good in that deck. Um, okay. You have a really easy time getting to four mana, but Experimental Frenzy is also super good at four mana. So, Ezra's and, and only one color. Yep. All right, so we got to hear about Ren and Six. We got to hear about Rug Delver. We got to actually have my mind blown because I didn't know that Urza was a $40 card. Yeah, isn't which, that fucking crazy? Which is fucking crazy. You can daze 
when you are hellbent, you can retrace days. That's that also blows my mind. That's something I never would have thought. So uh, I'm glad that we got to talk. If people want to get in touch with you, I know we talked about your Twitter earlier. What's the best way? And plug your store. You've been setting up Legacy uh, down at JP Comics. Yes. So I know you said a little bit about it earlier, but give us the rundown before we have to go. Yes. Uh, come to JP Comics, uh, jpcomicsandgames.com, also JP Comics and Games on Facebook. Um, if you have any, we have Legacy. We want to play more Legacy. We always want more Legacy players because Legacy is great. I think store local store events are the future of Legacy. Otherwise, Legacy will become vintage. Yeah, sad panda. What's that dude's name? Eric, the guy that owns JP Comics? Me. Oh, you? Yeah, no, I... Oh, shit, dude. I purchased Blake's share of JP Comics. Blake was the previous... Yeah, whoa, congrats, man. I didn't realize that. I thought that you were just running the store for him. Yeah. Fucking A, man. So this is this is actually your store? Yes. Oh, hell yeah. Everybody go to JP Comics, then. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. I literally, I didn't know that either. So, one, Urs is 40 bucks. Two, Rodney owns a fucking store. You <laughs> traded up from a backpack to a store. Yeah. That's fucking, that's savage. Yeah. It's, it's nice. I get to buy Modern Horizons booster packs for cheap and sell them <laughs> at the... So that's good. So when you're like sitting at the store and you're bored, like I I can imagine myself being in that spot and like, do you ever like look at the packs and you're like, fuck it, I can open those if I want to? I did or- one. It was dread- dead of winter. It was terrible. I will ah. not. Do- that's Just the one. sign right there. That's the pack telling you. This is what's to come if you keep this up. Yeah. 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 That exactly. All right, so Rodney, thank you for coming on. Thank, thank you for having me. Um, I can be reached. Uh, probably the best way would be on Facebook, Rodney Bedell. Um, I I will say, uh, if you are playing Legacy and you are new-ish to the format or have only been playing the format since uh, Rug Delver Canadian Threshold had fallen out of favor, which probably like 2015, uh, you should just play more games against Stifle. Stifle is a super punishing card. It is a super awkward card to play around because Stifle and Wasteland sort of cover each other in the lines of play that you, like, against Stifle, you want to fetch your Underground Sea, and against Wasteland, you want to fetch one basic and then a second basic. And they just cover each other super well and are super difficult to play around, but it is definitely a thing that any Legacy player should know. Have you considered a, a cyborg ghost quarter? Or yes. is that just going too far? Yeah, I'm highly interested in playing. I did not play it this weekend, but I will. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how that goes, because that, that's kind of where my mind went with that. That's, that is one other thing that you can do with Renin 6, is ghost quarter, all of the lance in your opponent's deck. Yep. All right, cool. So we, we know where to reach you. JP Comics and Games. What's the address? 
603 Center Street in Jamaica Plain. There we go. It's right off the E-line, right? Right off the E-line, yes. Right in the middle of downtown Jamaica Plain. Northeastern students? Anybody yeah. in the area? Eastern students. Up. The bus down here. People around JP come here. Magic. Because that's, that's just what we all want in this world, right? To play games of Magic. Oh, hell yeah. I used to go there, too, back in the day, like four years ago now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's been a while since I lived in that area, so I'll yeah. make the track one day. Well, summer's, summer's almost here, and so you let me know because I want to check out Rodney's store. Well, some of us don't have uh, every day off all summer, so, well, okay, so it actually is, is no different to me than winter. <sighs> You're right. You're right. Tomorrow's my fucking last day, man. Uh, oh, your 30s? No, no, my last day of school. My What's last the last day, day of your 30s? We're not going to talk about, we're not going to talk about my 30s. 